You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. We're talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, and today I'm joined by Podcast Detroit's founder, David Phillips, to talk all things toxic masculinity. Dave is the geek that has been pushed into management roles over the span of his career. He's been a help desk jockey, a team lead, a systems architect, and even a vice president over the course of his more than 20 years in informational technology. He's been profiled by CNN's Money Magazine for his work, as well as being a regular speaker for the Michigan Shifting Gears program, winning 2013's Outstanding Contributor for the Transformation of Careers and Lives. After launching his podcast, IT in the D, in early 2013 with his friend Bob Waltenspiel, they created their own studio in 2015 and launched Podcast Detroit three months later with absolutely no idea with what they were doing. Podcast Detroit now spans three locations and nine studios as, as with more and, and are with more to come this year. Welcome, Dave. How are you? Good. How's it going? I'm having a grand old time. I'm so happy that you did Podcast Detroit because here I am. And there, here you are, yeah. You gave me a platform. Thank <laughs> and you. And we still don't know what we're doing. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun, right? <laughs> and, but you're doing it and it's happening, right? Yeah. It just organically unfolds. Exactly. All right. We are here today to talk about toxic masculinity. Can you define that? Um, God, I, w- I wish I had a nice, neat, simple, easy definition for it. I mean, I, I look at it as because it – it seems to flux o- over the course of like how things evolve and what's going on on social media and all that kind of stuff. Um, to me, toxic masculinity is just being a guy that's being a dick, um, you know, for no other reason than you're just a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, and you're trying to beat somebody down from another gender or, or whatever else. Um, you know, and I, I'll wait, but I've got like three specific examples that I can come back to that, that kind of point out how I've seen that evolve over the course of, of like the last 10 years, I suppose. Okay. I always like to, if I could just interject this, cause this is one of the things I do in my trainings. We teach little boys to, uh, fend off, uh, um, unwanted f- feelings, vocabulary around mm-hmm. feelings. We stop touching boys earlier than we stop touching little girls and we teach little boys not to touch other little boys. And we allow girls to be sis- uh, tomboys for a period of time. Yep. Boys never get to be sissies, right? Nope. I have a trans therapist in my practice who says that when he presented female in the women's room, there's a lot of talking and no body noises. Right. In the men's room, we're not allowed to talk and it's all body noises. Very true. Then the guy grows up and he has no access to his feelings because and no and touch begins to mean something else because nobody has been touching right. him. And then they're called dicks, pigs, yeah. you know, chauvinists, whatever. And we forget how we raise boys. What do you think about that? I I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, so I've got a 12 year old daughter uh, and a 10 year old son. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting watching the difference uh, between the two. And I mean, I'm doing my best at, as a dad to keep that from being the case. Uh, you know, like my my 10 year old son definitely has a uh, I won't say immensely strong, but he's he's definitely got a feminine streak. Mm. Um, you know, he's very into fashion. He's very into uh, you know just things that one would traditionally call female. Mm-hmm. Not going to lock him down over it. Good. I mean, let him live his life and figure out who and what he wants to be. It's nice. Awesome. Um, I wish my dad had done that for me, yeah. you know, <laughs> but it was a different generation, different time. Very, very much so. But I mean, but to your point, I mean, it is. I mean, we are, I mean, as guys, we're told, suck it up. 
you know, uh, you're not supposed to so- show emotion. You're not supposed to, you know, have feelings. You're not supposed to. I mean, I was raised in a pretty old school Italian family. Mm. Um, and it was, you know, you were the guy. You were supposed to be strong. You were supposed to provide. You And, and anything less than that, you were a failure. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, by the way, you can't talk about it if you're having feelings of failure. So just internalize it and let it fester. Yeah. People talk about patriarchy hurting women, and it does, but it also hurts men because it, it doesn't apply to all men. Right. Right? And so some men are left out of that fraternity. For sure. And then feel like they don't exist. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at – I mean, so I've been a geek my whole life. You know, I've I've always – you know, I was basically born with a keyboard in my hand. Mm. Um, and so it's true. I mean, my, my parents were R&D folks for Wang back when that meant something. Uh-huh. Um, what does that mean now? Uh, I don't think they do anything anymore. <laughs> what is um, it? So Wang was uh, – so it used to be like uh, digital equipment, like DEC, Wang. Um, they were the big computer companies oh. back in the 80s. Oh, okay. Um, and and so like, you know, my, my stepfather designed uh, Tempest Secure Systems for like the state department and that kind of stuff. Oh. I grew up with an ARPANET connection in the house, the precursor to the internet. So, I mean, I've, I've always been a geek. Okay. And that that wasn't like it is now. I mean, it's, it's you know, you have geek culture as a thing now. And back then, no, you were you were an outcast. You mm-hmm. were, you know, you didn't have that support system. You didn't have, you know, that other than other geeks. Yeah. And so your masculinity was probably challenged. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, I wasn't captain football. I was, I mean, I played hockey when I got into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I wasn't, you know, the stereotypical jock. I mm-hmm. was, you know, and, and so, and with me in particular, like my other thing is, so I skipped two grades. Um, I skipped first and seventh grades. And so I was all, you know, by the time I hit high school, I was always two years younger. So I was two oh. years smaller. I was two years everything. Oh. I mean, by the, when I graduated college, I was 20. I was still using fake IDs when I graduated college. <laughs> And so, you know, I, I developed a personality to kind of deflect a lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was smaller, I was younger, I was, you know, whatever. Uh, and that's probably what saved my life quite a few times. Why? <laughs> um, well, my mouth has a tendency to get me in trouble. Okay. Uh, but I learned how to use it to get me out of trouble yeah. as well. Yeah, you are very good at verbal. <laughs> You're very good. Were you bullied? Um, oh God, yeah. You were? Oh, oh God, yeah. Uh, you know, I went through, like I said, I mean, I was always smaller. I was always younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hockey, I played goalie because it was one of the, you know, one of the, at that time, one of the few positions where size didn't really, like, you didn't have to be a big kid to be goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just, it was a thing. I mean, and, and then I got into theater and then I got it, you know, so I was always all these non-traditional things. Yeah. Um, that probably didn't help my case, but it's, you know, my mom in particular was, Phenomenal about, you know, supporting me and letting me be who I wanted to be, um, which is one of the reasons. So lucky. I'm, well, but when she died when I was 16, mm-hmm. that kind of ripped the rug out from underneath oh. me. You know, so, you know, it was what it was. Yeah. And so um, I think about how bullied I was for, you know, I was a gay gay little boy yeah. and I, everyone else could see it before I could see it. And so I was bullied a lot for that and shamed because, um, you know, how little girls get to be tomboys. My yep. sister was the sports. We have a picture of her with a baseball bat and her uniform. And there are no pictures of what I was like as a little boy where I would take her black tights, put them over my head and sing into her hairbrush <laughs> pretending to be Cher, like throwing back the legs. And I'm very proud of those days. I, I sometimes still do it. Hey, we're, <laughs> and, I, and I get it. I mean, it was, um, you know, I remember the first time I told them that I was going to be in a musical and I was the lead in oh, a musical. Oh. Um, and it, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, my mom thought it was great. Stepdad, not nice. so much. Yeah. Um, but it's you know she kind of overruled. <laughs> you know, I, I got to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, it's it's a lot different now. I mean, uh, so laughably, we were just at a con um, a couple weeks ago, 
And one of the vendors had brought a huge uh, like movie prop from Little Shop of Horrors. They brought the Audrey 2, which was that play. Mm. Um, and I'm walking through the lobby and I see it and the first thing that comes to mind, I just started belting out suddenly Seymour. <laughs> and like everybody turned and stopped and looked and they went, eh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but that's nice that you were able to surpass that. Yeah. Not, right? Because toxic masculinity and the way we treat boys can – Destroy them. Right. It it can absolutely destroy them. You know, I I see that with with so many friends. I mean, you know, I went through um, it. it, it, Enough people know this that it doesn't matter. Um, But I mean, I went through a really tough spell about a year and a half ago Mm. um, and wound up going to see a therapist. Mm. And that's not something that guys are supposed to do. That's right. We're just supposed to, you know, go out for a couple beers and, you know, hash shit out with the guys. Right. Nah, that wasn't helping. Uh, You know, it wasn't helping me get my head back on straight. Right. Eight months with a therapist, cool. Good like I, I, I kind of got my collective head back together and got myself recentered and rebalanced, and that's yep. what I needed. Yep. And but there's such a stigma against it, particularly with guys. Yeah. Um, where you know, again, you're seen as weak. You're seen as you know needing support, which for some reason is a bad thing. Yeah. Right. Um. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, as an author, they tell you uh, if you want to write a book, you have to write it to women, not men, because men do not read self-help right. books. Very true. And it's awful because I have a book that I think would be best for men uh, and women, but I had to write it only to women. So then men contact me and say, how come there's not a book for me? Because men don't read. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Because you know? <laughs> I was told. But right. no, so, and so speaking of writing, I mean, that's that's one of the examples I have is so um, about six, seven years ago, uh, or actually, no, I take it back. So she is now 12. Uh, about five years ago, um, I wrote uh, – so, you know, I run, in addition to Podcast Detroit, this started because of a thing called IT in the D, our networking group for IT folks uh, in the metro Detroit area. And we write a series of blogs and all that kind of stuff out there. A lot of them are very lighthearted and funny. Some of them we take on pretty seriously. Uh, one of the ones I wrote is what, what taking my daughter to a comic book store taught me. Um, so my daughter was seven, my son was five, and I took them to a comic shop. And my son was in heaven. He mm. wanted – that who, like I didn't even like there apparently there were nine different versions of Spider-Man and 12 different versions of Batman and 18 Supermans and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And, and he was, he was just in heaven and I caught my daughter uh, just kind of like standing there looking and, and she's always been very old for her age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, even at seven, I walked over and I'm like, boo, are you okay? And she's like, dad, I don't get it. Where are the comic books for the girls? Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, these are all comic books. And she's like, no, dad, no, these, these are for boys. She's like, this is, she's like, this is stupid. She's like, and she starts pointing out where she's like, that's supposed to be Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn doesn't dress because she was playing like Lego Batman Uh, and Harley Quinn was a cute character uh, or she was used to the cartoons. and And she's like, Harley Quinn doesn't dress like that. She's like, I don't want to dress like that. Yeah. And then she's like, you know, and then she's like, well, what, what's that? You know, and, and she was like, she's like, I don't get it. So I walked up to the guy that ran the place and I was like, Hey, you know, I've got, you know, uh, my daughter's with me and you know, she's having trouble finding stuff. And he was like, Oh, he's like, and he looks at her and he's like seven, eight years old. I'm like, yeah. And he reaches on the counter and he pulls out, um, my little pony, um, and like Archie or, yeah, or something right, like that. Right. And he, and I, and I, and I just kind of looked at him and I cocked my head. I'm like, like, really? Like that's, that's where we are. Like there are liter- literally hundreds of things on the shelves yeah. for – that my five-year-old son is going just nuts about and you have two that that are that are good for her. Yeah. Um, and, and he was like, dude, he's like, I get it. He's like, I have a daughter the same age. And I'm like, well, then why aren't you doing better? Mm-hmm. Like why aren't you trying – Yeah. So, you know, and, and so I posted this. Um, I posted the whole experience and, and where the whole toxic masculinity part came in is we went viral. 
um, like Reddit went nuts about it. Um, and this, and this is actually the reason why I'm still convinced that Reddit is, it's the most Isley cantina of the internet. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I was called everything from, I, I was, I was clearly gay. I was a fag. I was a homo. Um, I was making it up because, you know, n- no seven year old talks like that. I was, you know, it was dead. Oh, I God. was, you know, I, I was just an ass. Dead. And, and it just, and it floored me that there was that much. Negativity and so and and I don't I want to be, make sure I'm clear. Like so, there was there there was an overwhelming amount of negativity there, but there were also things like the author um, that that did the Captain Marvel comics at the time um, reached out and sent my daughter a box. Oh my god! Um, of like signed uh, <sighs> Captain Marvel and other like oh. female strong character comics yes. um, that she had been working on, and you know, and there were other people that were like, "Oh my god!" You know, I'm a comic artist. Um, my daughter turns, you know, my daughter just turned two, so she'll be seven in five years. Comic industry, you have that long to fix this problem. <laughs> um, and there, and so there, there's, there's a lot of positivity that went along with it too, but just that overwhelming uh, like I, I was like what I know why can't you just accept this as reality and move on well here's the thing and I think we need to talk about privilege right I know it's become a bad word mm-hmm. the minute I say it everybody got, rolls their eyes and even I have done that at uh-huh. times but really men are privileged absolutely and if you don't acknowledge that and understand how it takes away privilege or you you don't inadvertently you're, yep. you're you know what i mean like that comic book story is a good example and of it's it. and it's sad because like that example like that that situation really hammered home for me like a lot of what i knew casually um because you know I, like i've been in the it industry forever and i mean and, and the it industry is extremely male dominated mm-hmm. um and can be insanely toxic mm-hmm. um you know and and it's you know that's that's one of those things that it kind of hit kind of hammered home for me where you know all of those you know the stories i had heard or the you know i've, I've always had a lot of female friends you know even in the that were in it and you know the you know, being casually dismissed in meetings and, you know, having their ideas ignored until a guy said the exact same thing and, you know, that kind of stuff. It really just hit me upside the forehead yeah. with a sledgehammer yeah. that, yeah, this really is an issue. Um, and, and the sad part is, is I even, I even wrote that. So I wrote a part two, um, which is what publishing taking my daughter to a comic book store taught me. And one of the things that I'd written in there was even me saying something like that, like, Hey, this really taught me something and I'm going to try to be better. I caught flack for that. <laughs> they were like, you know, cause like one of the, one of the things I, one of the statements I made or one of the things I wrote in there was, um, you know, at, no, I don't want my daughter growing up to dress like mystique, mm-hmm. um, who's a very scantily clad character and yada, 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 yep. you know, and, and somebody commented and was like, Oh my God, that's such slut shaming. And I was like, and and I and I reply, I'm like, no, it's it's not. Mm-hmm. It's teaching my daughter reality mm-hmm. in a perfect world, in a utopian society. No, nobody should give a damn how you are dressed. Yeah, we don't live in that world. Yeah, and so yep, first impressions matter, and yep, people make snap judgments, and yep, people assume things about you. You know, I I get treated differently if I'm in a suit versus yes. if I'm jeans and a t-shirt yes. if i you know whatever everybody does yep. um and so it's just the reality of life and and so like even that and that and i think that's that's sort of somewhat makes it hard is that even when even when someone like me says something like wow i acknowledge there is an issue i'm really i'm going to try to do better and i want to understand how to help make this situation better mm-hmm. 
you get lit on fire. Yeah. Well, there's this tension, right? You don't want to slut shame and you should be able to dress however you want. And there's a reality. Mm-hmm. RuPaul just came out. I love he, he's doing these these uh, Facebook things. Yeah. He says, you want to make money? Put on a suit. Yeah. Because that's how they're going to make, that's how you're going to get a job. Uh-huh. And sometimes you have to do what the mainstream wants, even if it's causing you duress and find other ways yep. to express it. So how do we deal with toxic masculinity? How do you help a guy through that? You've got to be the guy friend that's willing to speak up. And, and like that's, that's what the situation has taught me more than anything else is mm. that, you know, I've, I've got some very, very strong female friends. Um, and that's, the one thing they've hammered home with me over and over and over again is that, Dave, you are that guy mm-hmm. that can help. So be that guy. Will they listen? In some cases, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can think of a few examples where my commentary and, and even pulling somebody aside because, I mean, I'm, I've always been one of those people that, that uh, praise should be public, criticism should be private. Mm, I love that. Um and and so even if it's you know pulling them aside to just say hey look you know here's where you went wrong mm-hmm. in that situation uh, in fact it, it just it's going on right now there's there's very much a sort of a mini me too uh, thing going on with the Comic Con community um, here in the area mm. and um, a male uh, writer and artist. Uh, <laughs> It, laughably, it's his own fault. Uh, he posted something about a month ago that was like, guys, you've got to do better and yada, yada, yada. And this is why I'm such a great guy. And it started a flood of messages from women oh. um, responding about what a misogynistic gaslighting dick he is. Oh, um, yeah. And and then so, you know, and, and that kind of went on for the better part of a week. And then oh. he posted some sort of half-assed apology. And one of the things I re- – and, and I, I was like, look, I'm like, since you're – I said, normally I would just message you. I said, but – since you're making this all public, um, dude, here's where you went wrong. I'm like, you know, your your first message, even though you try, even though you've now tried to qualify it and say, well, I wasn't putting myself on a pedestal. Read the text of your message again. Mm-hmm. Yes, you were putting yourself on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, like you're you're saying you're sorry because people have hurt feelings, but not because of your actions that caused that behavior. Yes, and. You have to own your shit. Yes. That's part of being an adult. Yes, you've got to own this shit before you can truly help make it go away. Now, I'm seeing in therapy, um, now this is clinical samples yeah. only, right? But they're coming to me and saying, men are, and they're saying, I want to do better. I'm listening to the Me Too movement. I'm listening to my wife. I don't want to be, and frankly, some are very scared of doing something mm-hmm. non-consensually when they don't even know it's non-consensually. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important thing for people to know that men are, most men are not just sitting back going, I don't care. They're really right. wanting to do better. They don't know how. Yeah. No, very true. I mean, it's, I, and I would, I would say the vast majority of guys are not, you know, cavemen sitting there with, you know, a, a club over their shoulder going, Grog going to get woman, brah. Um, right. You know, but in in many ways, you know, and it's, and I, one of the examples that uh, my friend Erica gave me, she's like, it's, you know, Super Mario Brothers. She's like, the whole concept of the game is that the princess has to be rescued. Mm-hmm. And you just have to keep going through these trials and tribulations before you find the princess that can be rescued. Mm-hmm. Maybe the princess doesn't need to be rescued. Maybe the princess is hiding from your ass. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I love that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like um, in, in when I'm working with couples – so here's what we've always said in, in therapy. When couples, mixed sex couples come in, women – it's a privileged position for a woman to be in because she has access to her feelings. Mm-hmm. She knows what to say. He doesn't. So we usually have historically said that men need to catch up to women so that we can do good couples therapy. For sure. But now we say not only that, can women meet men where they're at too? Men can talk and men will talk if the therapist and the female partner can be a little more quiet. 
They may not like what he says. He may not say it well. He may not do, but he needs, right. co- you know, but he can talk. Yeah. No, very true. And so that's really where we're heading in therapy. And I like that because it's, it's not, it, it, we have to understand where, how we socialize boys. If we forget that and we just say, here's this man and here's how he is, then it's not, it's not enough. True. Uh, so, and then, so the, the third example I wanted to hit, cause this was one that actually prompted this discussion, um, just cause this is my, my geek background talking is Star Wars. Um, so you look at, you know, all of the backlash that happened with episode seven, eight, and nine, you know, that came out, you know, oh, nine yeah. just came out back in December. And so the funny thing about that is you've got, and, and how it backfired on, on those. I used to, I love my favorite term for them is butthurt fanboys. Um, so, you know, they, they were so mad about strong female characters in seven and eight yeah. that they decided they were going to boycott the standalone movie solo that came out. Well, so your actions then made that movie less successful than it really should have been when in reality, that's the movie that you wanted because that's the one that was most like the one that came out back in 77 mm. and had that swashbuckling Han Solo character and yada, yada that's that's what you want. Mm-hmm. That's what you could have had. Yep. But you were a butthurt fanboy. <laughs> and so you skipped that movie until it was on HBO or whatever else it was. Um and then I because I did. I saw all all the people that were like, oh I'm I'm boycotting solo because screw Star Wars. Then it came and they were like Oh, that was that was a really good movie. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I would have saw that in the theater, you know. And so, you know, you've got things like you know the like Rose Trico's character and and that kind of stuff, where you know, heaven forbid, you know, there be a, a woman in in authority. When people forget, guys, the the first the first three movies that came out, Leia was the princess that engineered her own escape, uh, that saved their asses by blasting a hole in the wall and all that stuff. Mon Mothma, female leader of the rebellion forces, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They like to remember Leia in the gold bikini, but they forget that Leia in the gold bikini is the one that wrapped the chain around Jabba's neck and choked him to death. <laughs> so it's not like there haven't always been strong for right. you. Then know, they're loving the Mandalorian. Yeah. When the Mandalorian, okay, great. Honestly, the bounty hunter is almost a side character. Mm-hmm. Like the male is almost because you've got a strong female character. Um, and you've got, of course, baby Yoda, which is taking over the world. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's stupid stuff like that, that, you know, they don't understand how it really does hurt them in yeah. the long run by not just letting things evolve. And totally it, it's, agree. it's okay. Like ch- number one, change is inevitable. Yeah. And, and number two, Dude, it's not always – it doesn't always have to be painful. Right, and and really letting yourself question gender expression. Yeah. And really uh, giving yourself more fluidity. Yep. So uh, where can they find you, Dave? Because people want a platform just like you and me to talk like this. Absolutely. So, I mean, on, you know, obviously uh, Podcast Detroit, uh, all the things, whether it's the .com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. Um, and then IT in the D um, is – it's yeah, information technology in the Detroit. No, <laughs> IT in the D uh, is IT in the D.com. And again, Facebook, Twitter all the things if you're looking for um, either our writing, uh, you know, our blogs, our entries, our meetups, you know, we help people find jobs, that kind of stuff. Mm, Oh, that's right. Thank you, Dave. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Joe Court. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T. Till next week, thanks for tuning in and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.